and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hello, and welcome to another week with TV My Husband Hates. Uh, how you doing, Kat? I'm doing okay. Just, you know, another week in quarantine. We're all fine. Fine. Everything's fine. It's all fine. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) I actually feel like this week has felt the most normal, at least for me, because we're starting to have like gyms open up at 50% capacity. So I've been kind of back into my 4 a.m. wake up to go work out at five routine. So it's felt a little bit more normal to me. I mean, I'm glad that you put to me at the end there because I don't think anybody else listening thinks that getting up at 4 a.m. to work out is normal. (laughs) I mean, I'm not here to judge, just I'm just pointing it out. I mean, ultimately, it just, through this lockdown, it's really shown me how much I need like my own time in the morning and not to be woken up by children. So for me, waking up, doing something for myself, listening, like I listen to podcasts on the way to the gym, I listen home. By the time I get home, I've been awake for two hours. Oh my God. And it's just been me, like it's just been me in my own head, which just does wonders for my temperament yeah. throughout the entire day. No, I feel so, you. I, I mean, I'm the same. just what I need. I just don't want to do it at four in the morning, but it's I, not, I am the Yeah, same. it's not easy. Like it blows, yeah. but I do feel better for it at the end of the day. So I feel like I have to be a little more grown up. Well, I'm impressed. And do me. Um, I haven't been getting up at 4 a.m., but I have been working out. We had, I had four, I had the, both the kids at school four days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday Woo-hoo! this week. Um, I finished decorating the bathroom. You know, I did some work. I've been all over it. Nice work. And then I, I'm impressed. I also did like watch a lot of television and have a lot of naps, but that's fine too. Yeah. That's also what I needed. It's all part of it. It's all doing the work. Even your, like your mental health is part of a work week, in my opinion. It's like the most important part of your work. This is what I've learned about myself, that if I don't look after my mental health, if I don't give myself time, um, then nobody has, a, nobody has fun. I'm a cunt to everybody. No. And it's just not on. For the sake of me having like a nap here and there or getting out for a walk, it's worth everybody's time and effort. And the same for Jimmy. He Absolutely. needs to go running too. He needs to have his naps as well. So it's essential. It's not selfish. It's essential. Absolutely. I've been thinking a lot about kind of your mantra about kind of keeping each other in mind. And I feel like we didn't do a good job, obviously, of planning to be on quarantine for three and a half months because nobody really knew. And so we just kind of like, I took a lot on because that's just my personality. And in actual hindsight, like we should have had a conversation about really how we divide our work week a little bit more equitably. And it's really interesting because we're we're getting into like a house remodel because we have an old ass house and things are starting to fall apart and we need to like actually put some money into it. But to do that, we may have to live in the basement. So we just had a conversation today like, okay, we if this is going to be the way it is for the next three months, we really need to like discuss how we're going to work this out, who's going to be responsible for what, and really keep each other's needs and businesses in mind. Yeah, totally. And it's just been... Um, it's been the theme of our week talking about that. I mean, that's a, I mean, Jimmy and I have been in therapy for years now. It's just how we roll. We're just we need somebody to like. We're <laughs> basically cats. like small children, and we just need a parent to like sit us down, effectively knock our heads together, and then send us on our merry way. Um, yeah. So, and the one, th- like you said, the most important thing that I 
ever took out of couples therapy was you need to keep each other in mind and you need to feel like you're being kept in mind because that's the problem when they leave the fucking dirty plate on top of the dishwasher instead of putting it in the dishwasher the the language is well the normal language is you're a fucking selfish twat what the fuck do you think that she's just going to do it actually the therapy language is you didn't feel kept in mind and it's true it's that from the smallest things to the biggest things essentially the biggest problem was that we weren't keeping each other in mind um and honestly if that's the one thing that I'd ever taken away from therapy I think it would have saved that thing alone saved our marriage so yeah um it is it is a key point it's not always easy and also you don't always want to you know? Absolutely. And I mean, I think like we, we have not done the couples therapy yet. It will probably be something we do after lockdown because I think lockdown has kind of brought up a bunch of issues, but we've also had the time to actually talk about them. Yeah. And so it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword, but that's something I've kept in mind after hearing you say it over and over again. So I kind of employed that to have this discussion we had this week and it made a huge difference. And having that language, cause I have a very literal engineer husband that makes sense to him versus like me just ranting on about my feelings and resentments and all that other bullshit. Just saying that made it click. Well, and I think that's the key. That's the beauty of, of the, the phrase. It's not just the concept of keeping each other in mind that really helps a relationship, but actually it gives you the language to be able to explain why you're feeling what you're feeling. And if you all, if you're like, you know, when you're raging, you're like, why is this annoying me so fucking much? And sometimes you can't see it. If you just keep reminding yourself and going, Hang on, is it because I don't feel kept in mind? Yeah, that's what it is. And just saying that, everybody knows exactly yeah. what the what page you're on, how everybody's feeling, and it just gave us the language that wasn't destructive because the language we used before was really fucking toxic. So now it's just... Absolutely. I'd just be like, I just didn't feel very kept in mind then. He's like, babe, I hear you. I'm sorry. We'll work it out. Absolutely. No, it's been it's been really nice. So I mean, don't get me wrong. We do Thanks, still... Kat. You're welcome. Here every week for your relationship problems. Um, You'll just be my uh, couples therapist that I speak to on my own. That's, that makes uh, yeah, no sense. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. Uh, I'll give you mates rates. It's easy. I'm really go. good. And, um, and I'm fine with drinking during sessions. So Perfect. That's therapy I can get on board with. So, shall we? Now, listen, it's a quiet week in, t- in the world of TV my husband hates. The quarantine at first, we were like, we're going to be here all week. And we are. Um, but, but unfortunately the shows are slowly dropping by the wayside. <laughs> well, it doesn't help that a lot of people are getting fired for being racist dicks. So there is that, that could affect the rest of it as well. But, um, yeah, we only have two shows this week. Um, and thank goodness a new show started this week. So we had that second show. <laughs> I know. Thank God. Otherwise we would have just been on Below Deck, which to be fair, there's quite yeah. a lot to talk about. I'm here for Below Deck Med this week. Um, it was a busy week, and Below Deck Med is proving to be a pretty exciting series. It really is. There's a lot, and it doesn't enrage me as much as like the last season of regular Below Deck with all the disgusting misogynist bullshit. But we've got a little bit of it in this, but we've also got a good antidote with like women taking care of the problem and being aware of the problem. Well, I think as well in the last Below Deck season, it was almost the perfect storm of three, four guys, I can't even remember, three guys who, four guys including the chef, he was a twat, um, yeah. who just all triggered this kind of testosterone in each other. And it, it just got completely out of hand. I think with Below Deck Med, we've got, the, we've got Pete who 
has absolutely nothing between his ear boxes. Like there is nothing no. there at, at all, except maybe some steroids banging around, but there's really no gray matter there at all. Um, but on the other side, we've got, who's the other guy? What's his name? Alex? No, Alex. Yeah. He's actually turning out to be a pretty decent guy. And Rob, I think, is still very quiet. But I don't, I don't think he's a complete dick. No, I don't either. I think the majority of the misogynistic views come from Pete. I think the other two are just fine, normal dudes, right? Like, I don't even think they're feeding into his misogynism. I think they feel like it's weird too. Well, and I think he shows himself up a, a, around them a little bit this week as well, because obviously we're going to talk about what happens with Lara, but you know, the way he handles that is all kinds of weird. And I mean, we do learn a lot more about him. We learn that his dad is is currently dying and very poor, very poorly, which yeah. obviously, you know, even if you're a misogynistic prick, I'm going to feel bad for you about that. Um, but he is hard to like. He's really hard to like. And I don't feel he has any empathy either. Like, no. he he just has no clue. So it's not a problem with just his brain. It's also a problem with his heart. And it's just weird. I know. He is just a little bit dead behind the eyes. He's like, if somebody made a Ken doll life-size and brought it to life, that's kind of what you've got with Pete. Totally. Um, anyway, let's start at the beginning. Let's go right back to the beginning where we okay. pick up where we left off last week with the little sit-down chat. Han- Hannah drags Sandy away from her Rice Krispies and yeah. has a sit-down chat with Lara. I'm so glad Sandy went mm-hmm. because I think this is the first time Sandy actually saw the kind of fuck-off attitude that Laura has. I don't think Sandy saw that in her before because they were just kind of chatting around, you know, the mess table and, you know, what have you. It was nice and civil. But I think the minute Sandy saw the interaction between Laura and Hannah, she was like, holy shit. Yeah. This is a problem. And of course, Laura was just hiding it before. Like, Laura, when she was talking to Captain Sandy, was just manipulating her and being super sweet and nice and, you know, slightly throwing Hannah under the bus in a really passive-aggressive way. Um, She can't get away with that now because Hannah's right there. So, so. she reveals her true colors to Sandy. And Sandy's, like you say, she's like, "Uh uh-huh, this is, she's just giving off this fuck you vibe. And she nails it. That's exactly Lara's vibe. From the moment she walked on the boat till the moment she left, spoiler, uh, (laughs) she just didn't give a fucking shit. Well, and I mean, let's talk about the way she left. Yeah. She just slunk away. I know. Sneaky as fuck. Like, It's not, like, I have no respect for that. Like, fair enough, if you have a fuck-off attitude, I can identify a little bit with that. (laughs) But if you're going to have a fuck-up, like, a fuck-off attitude, then fucking leave in a blaze of glory. Like, make a scene, tell people you're going, get your shit, and storm off the boat. Like, don't slink away at 5 a.m. It was weird, though, right? And then come back crying. Like, you're not sad about leaving, I the emotion, like, her face being all blotchy, like, she had been crying all night, just felt a bit psychopathic oh, she like, is, she's totally dead behind the eyes i mean it doesn't make any it's yeah. no surprise to me that her and pete clicked they're like you know <laughs> the psychopath loved the narcissist i mean it was like a perfect relationship this was going to happen um but i agree it was weird and i think everything about lara is manipulating she's always trying to work a situation to her own advantage and i think she just Looked, I think she came off looking lame, actually. Just really fucking lame. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, like, Riley has a bit of a fuck-off attitude, but, like, she's going to tell you to to your face to fuck off, and I have a lot of respect for that. I have no respect 
for people who are one way to some people, another way to another, you know, other people, and then fucking slinking away in the middle of the night. Like, there's no respect for me there whatsoever. No, Lara's bad news. I'm glad she's gone. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know who the hell is going to replace her. It's all a bit... Obviously, we know it's somebody who's coming back, but we are yet to figure out who that is. And they're really good at keeping this shit under wraps because I searched and searched and searched. Did you? Nothing. Did a little sleuthing? Didn't do it. Nothing. Nothing. According to our Instagram following, everybody thinks it's Bugsy. I think like two people said they wished it was Josiah, but they don't think he's going to come back. Um, And also, I guess... He was never on Below Deck Man. No, he, he did Below, Below Deck, Deck, didn't regular. he? With Kate. Yeah, but I think Bugsy is possibly, at least according to our followers, is in the running for being second stew, which I don't know if Hannah's going to be pleased about it. <laughs> to be honest, though, I think it, Satan himself could turn up as second stew and Hannah would probably prefer him over Lara. I mean, I think Bugsy's yeah. going to look really appealing after... Lara, loopy Lara's gone. Well, and I kind of think if Hannah and Bugsy could put like old shit aside and just like bust out, because like, this boat is huge. Yeah. Like the, you almost do need like two first stews. Like they could nail it and actually everything could go really smoothly. I don't think that's going to happen, but we'll see. Well, I'm excited we'll to see, see who week. it will be. But I do think that Hannah nailed that charter so far with just her and Jess because obviously Jess is green so she's she's working her ass off but Hannah you you could see when Hannah gets into it Hannah's a great stew when she's not distracted when she doesn't let her emotions get the better of her she nails being a chief stew and you can see her working really really hard I mean she might forget the musicians for a few minutes down below I've done that before as a production assistant I've forgotten support band needed feeding but you know that kind of thing is happens but I thought she really nailed it well especially when the guest essentially had her working as the nanny as well I mean I could not believe like I felt that was really wrong not so much when the deckhands were playing with the kids because at least people asked them like if it was okay and if they were doing all right and the nanny kept coming in and like keeping an eye on them but afterwards when the nanny was just like drinking having a good old time and asked Hannah to check on the baby when they're one stew down I thought was not on. I agree and I think it's really difficult because obviously Hannah has to say yes of course but why right. bring in like I get if you have a nanny and she's a living nanny and she's part of the family then of course you're going to want her to be able to enjoy her time as well you know you're not going to work her to the bone 24 hours a day but Um, when she's sitting at the dining table and they're having dinner and the only thing that she has to do is just check on the kids every now and again, I don't think that's eating into your own time. Like, I feel like she could have been the one to do that. Otherwise, why why bring her? Why not just give her a week off at home? Absolutely. And why not just invest in a baby monitor as well? Like, you know, they've got those fancy video ones now too. Like, you could have just put it up there and just been keeping an eye on it while you're at the table and let everybody else get on with their work. Yeah. It struck me really weird. That being said, I did really love Roy Orbison and his vibe and the team as a whole, like these guests. I really enjoyed their vibe. I think they were great. Yeah, they were lovely. Like no weird demands. No. No, you know, assaulting the staff. No, that's always a good thing. Yeah. And I'll happily be their nanny. I feel like that's a great job. Roy Orbison Jr.'s nanny is a great job. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, The other thing that we see um, a little bit more of a development on, of course, is Malia and the deck crew and Sandy gets involved. But before that, I just want to say, Malia, I was worried at first in that first episode whether she was going to have the balls. And I, you know, I'm not going to use that phrase because that's a bullshit phrase. She had the ovaries. She she had had the the ovaries. ovaries to fucking stand up to these guys. And 
actually, I think maybe she was just biding her time and getting to grips with them. And now she really is killing it. And I think she's really standing up to them. I totally agree. And then I feel like I saw a note that this is like her third charter. So there's no way that somebody would have promoted her to bosun, like her third season, Mm. her third season without her really being able to do it. So like my estimation of Malia has, has really shot up. I think she's doing a great job. I like that she kind of took the dudes to task this episode. And I like that she kind of took Laura to task too. Like, look, if you pulled that shit with me, I would have fired you. Yeah, a hundred percent. And Laura didn't like that at all. No, but I really liked how she had Hannah's back. Like, that's how I like to see the heads of departments working. Like, you know, she wasn't mean to... No. Amalia wasn't mean to Laura, but she was like, to be really frank, if you were on my deck, you'd be gone. Yeah, and and she's right. I mean, the fact that Hannah kept her around for as long as she did, I think it's more because she was completely blindsided by what was going on. It's like, you you never expect that kind of attitude. No. Um, So I I appreciate... Malia's handling of that I think the conversation that she had with Pete in terms of you need to stop this I think has humbled him a little bit but mostly because I think it's the other guys have recognized she can't be messed with so because they're not fucking around with this misogynistic shit he's now feeling a little bit like he has to man up and on this night out I mean I can't even the guy is (laughs) I can't even anyway they're talking about Malia they're talking about how well she's doing Really genuine responses from Rob and Alex about how much they respect her and she's doing a great job. And then Pete comes bowling in with his dick in his hand saying, oh yeah, I remember I was really inspired by this woman who, in our hometown, who owned seven pizza shops. And, and you know, I just thought, that's great. Yeah, I mean, if she can do it. And it's such a tool. Such a tool. And he doesn't even get it. He doesn't even get it. No, he doesn't even know that what he's saying is like, highly ridiculous and fucking insulting. Yeah. Not like, oh, here's a great businesswoman who opened up seven shops. It gave me something to aspire to be. Not like, oh, well, you know, if she could do it, then fuck, I'm a teenage boy. I might as well be able to do it too. Like, that dumb bitch off. can own seven. You know, fuck off. Stop being such a twat. But also, I mean, yeah. listen, his fate isn't great either. I mean, he's another one that's been pulled up for racist comments. Very recent racist comments as well. Like, I don't think... A lot of the others that have been fired, we're talking about things that happened three, four, five, seven, eight, nine years ago. Pete, yeah, not so long ago. No, and I actually, I went back to check, but the account had already been deleted because he's deleted all his social media accounts. So I couldn't look and see what the actual post was because I'm a nosy bitch like that. Well, I but. read it. I, I mean, I think I read about it. It was pretty awful. I think it was in reference. I think there was references to George Floyd. Like it was bad. It was not good. Uh, um, yeah, no. And I so and I think there was like well. sexual assault overtones in there. It was really bad it was really bad yikes so i think he's been fired uh and i think you said that they're now going back and edit re-editing yeah they've re-edited the rest of below deck med to give him a smaller role in the actual show so they've cut out a lot of the things that he was previously in so that'll be interesting to see kind of or you know and not have to deal with his bullshit yeah but it's hard though I mean it's not hard obviously he's a racist so he should be cut and fired I'm not disputing that at all but you know it must be hard I don't know we don't know how much that's going to affect the storylines or how far in he goes or you know yeah it'll be um, it'll be interesting to see whether the show is affected by that re-editing I mean Bravo are pretty good at what they do so I'm sure that they'll have you know, filled it with something decent. But um, yeah. 
I'm interested to see how that plays out. Well, and they have loads of time right now in pandemic to do the editing anyway. So it's not like, you know, they've had to do it a quick turnaround. So I think it'll be good. I think we'll still enjoy the show. I think it's really interesting how much um, we've seen kind of Bravo really step up and make pretty hardcore staff changes based on the behavior of some of these people. And regardless if it was years ago or, you know, last week, it, it, I think it's pretty commendable for a massive TV show to really make that, or, you know, like production company or whatever they are, like cable channel, really put their foot down and, you know, say goodbye to some pretty huge draws for their show. Yeah. I think it's it's sending the right message. I'm I'm pretty impressed. I am too. And I've heard some conversations, like I've heard some sort of rebuttals saying things like, you know, you should keep them on the show. You should give them a chance to grow and learn and and that that journey should be showcased. And while I can understand the point, I actually think, no, they get to grow, they get fired from the job and they have to fucking grow and learn off camera. That's what they, they don't get the privilege of earning a buck while they grow and learn. Like they don't, that's not how it works. And I think, well, and it's, and I think Go it would have looked like you say it's big draws. The Stasi and Kristen, you know, they're they're the heart and soul of Vanderpump Rules and have been for since the beginning. It would have it would have looked bad on Bravo if they'd have gone. Look, we're going to give them a chance to grow. They couldn't have done it. Of course, they have to fire them. And and I think you know they like you. It's commendable, and I think that they, you know, we should be recognizing that they are doing the right thing. Um, even if it's not necessarily the right thing for the show or the right thing for the channel. Right. Well, and I mean, let's be honest, like all these people still have social media channels. If they want to document like their growth, they can do that. But I think, I think you're right. Like I, I would have almost felt that Bravo's comments were disingenuous if they had left them on the show and we had seen yeah. their journey. Cause for me it'd be like, okay, so this is fairly self-serving yeah. that all of a sudden now you realize you're wrong because there was another video going around. Sorry if this is, kind of off topic, but there's another video going around a bunch of like, you know, all white actors saying oh, that I they can't were going to take I responsibility. Oh. And it really rankled me because I just felt it was really self-serving and really gross and just not in the tone of what this sh- should be about. Like you want to take the time and learn and grow as a person, do that. You don't have to announce that you're doing it. No, And this is what makes me doubt your realness. And this is what everybody's talking about. It it felt very performative. Like that's what it was. It was like standing up and saying, I'm an ally. Well, actually that's not what it takes to be an ally. What it takes to be an ally is to go off fucking do the reading, do the learning, do all of that shit. Like I saw this week, um, and we will come back to the shows that we were talking about, but here we are. Um, (laughs) I saw this week, uh, Oh my God, I've totally forgotten what I was going to say. Okay, anyway, I'll figure it, I'll come back to it. I'm sure it'll come back to me. But the point is, is that you have to go off and do the work. And I don't think Bravo has a responsibility to show those particular people doing the work. I think if they've got space in their channels, they've got space in their shows, let's give it to some fucking worthy people who are smart, intelligent, who can teach us some great shit or show us some great shit that is more representative because let's face it Vanderpump Vanderpump rules is not very representative no it's not and I mean I don't know I'd be interested to see how many black people Lisa Vanderpump's hiring like I'm yeah I'm just putting it out there I don't see very many black staff at any of the restaurants that are being filmed in 
No. And I mean, obviously, like I've not been to all of her restaurants and I I know she kind of spoke out saying that, you know, she does. She is a very inclusive hirer. I mean, California is a pretty inclusive state, so it is a little bit weird that that's not shown. Yeah, I agree. I think that on the show, I think that maybe there's some questions to have. And I think Lisa should probably reassess that situation because it's not very diverse. And I hear I'm not here to judge because before George Floyd, None of us were calling this yeah. out. So I'm not going to be no. so preachy about it. But I yeah. think if Bravo are doing this, then I would imagine they're having those conversations. You know, we've seen them try to be more diverse with Beverly Hills with, you know, but it feels a, a bit like it needs to do more. Yeah. And I mean, you know, like, I I don't think one or two shows, I think my problem with it is like, we we have some diverse shows. Like I would love to see Family Karma come yeah. back. I think that's definitely show like highlighting a very misrepresented, you know, group in America. Obviously we've got the Real Housewives of Atlanta, which is fairly diverse, but I want to see more like integration, Me too. like integrated shows, Me like too. not this like separate but equal Jim Crow bullshit yeah. on reality TV. Yeah, you you're know? right. It, it's, it's not okay. So. And I think... I get the feeling that Bravo is having some quite serious conversations. And I think that, that the firing of Stasi and Kristen and Max and Brett, thank the fucking Lord. Oh, um, God. Yeah. You know, and, and Pete, I think all of this, and potentially Jax Taylor's in the firing line as well. Um, yeah. I think all of this shows that they are taking it seriously. And I think coming up post-pandemic, when they start production again on various shows, I think we will see some changes. I would hope so. Yeah. I hope so too. Cause I mean, really this all also comes off the back of like the real housewives of Dallas <laughs> with Leanne's like really disgusting comments. And they obviously got rid of her. Um, she says she quit. I believe she was fired, but it, it would be interesting to see kind of where this leads up to and providing some more diverse and real representation of cities in yeah. America because we definitely don't see that on TV. Well, and I think we'll probably lose Brandy Redmond as well off the back of that probably. too. So we'll just have to see. But um, that's a slight segue, uh, not a segue, yes. a, a detour. Um, but yes, I mean, it all comes back to Pete. He's he's the latest to have been fired for racist comments uh, by Bravo. Um, but the reason we got onto him was, of course, Sandy and Marlia had a chat, didn't they? Uh, and, they did. um and I felt a little bit here for Malia because Malia felt—I felt like Malia just thought she was just having like quick morning chat, like oh, while we have our coffee, how's everything going? So yeah, it's fine. It's yeah. kind of annoying, you know. Pete keeps calling me sweetie or sweetheart, and fuck me if that didn't push a trigger in Sandy. <laughs> I feel like Sandy saw red. It was like motherfuckers. They're getting in here now. <laughs> and Molly was like, "Hang on." She's like spoon to her mouth with a cereal. She's like, "What? Hang on, no, what?" I just want to have my breakfast. We don't need to have a meeting now. We're just having a chat. (laughs) What? Is it bollocking time now? Okay. You know, and to give her credit, like she she stands next to Sandy and backs her up and she says, you know, it's not okay. But I did feel a bit like to the boys, it looked like Malia had run off to Sandy, gone, they keep calling me sweetheart. And Sandy's like, "Mm, that's not good enough. And I mean, she's right. It's not good enough. Um, Yeah. And actually, I think Malia rescued it with kind of just by standing by Sandy's side and saying, yeah, it's not okay. But I did feel for her and Sandy just lost her shit. (laughs) No, it's obviously a hot topic for Sandy as it, well, you know, as it should be. And I think probably a hot topic for any female captain, which as I'm sure there's probably like five in the entire industry. So I, 
I totally agree with you. It did make it seem that like Malia had been telling tales, but also I loved, I really liked Sandy's reaction and was like, well, fuck this. Like we're not going like any further until this shit is put down. Like we're stopping it now. And I think that's a really nice thing to see from a leader and a captain of a boat. Just like, no. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. And I think with these kinds of, Guys, that's how it needs to be. You can't go gently, gently with them. You need to be like, absolutely no fucking way. Try it. I dare you to try it again. And I think that she did put them in their place. And I think certainly Alex and Rob, uh, and Rob really took it on board. Who knows about Pete? We don't really care. Um, no. But yeah, I mean, this, this female leadership team is fierce. It really is. Especially it this really week. Is. Like Hannah killing it, Malia nailing it, and Sandy just kicking ass and taking fucking names. Like it was yeah. awesome to watch. No, I totally agree. And I like that Laura left because I think she was doing nothing for the show. I'm excited to see who comes in. I mean, I have high hopes for it being kind of a nice blend and, and especially like a nice come down from Laura for Hannah. Like, you know what? Anybody's going to be better than this crazy lady. So like... Let's just get on board and knock it out. But we'll see. We'll, we'll see, see how it goes. I mean, it's Bravo. There's going to be some sort of drama, but but not Lara drama. Honestly, she gave me, she made me feel anxious. Like she made me feel ragey. And I just, I, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't. I'm glad she's gone. Um, so yeah, we'll that would see. have been a long season. While we've got you here, we'd love to talk to you about our brand new Patreon account. Woohoo! It's all the extra content that is not only about reality TV, but all the other TV that we happen to be watching. And if that wasn't cool enough, we also give away a little bit more about ourselves. So there's lots of personal stuff on there too, if you want to get to know us better. So head on over to patreon.com, search for TV My Husband Hates, and all this extra content can be yours for less than a cup of coffee. Or a glass of wine. Whatever you choose. Now we're introducing um, Million Dollar Listing LA, and it's a little bit, we're going to see how it goes, aren't we? Yeah, because I think we fell into this a little bit with Million Dollar Listing New York. Like, it was a depressed market. They were having to get really creative. Sales were down. It was a little bit hard. But where I think the difference lies is in the cast. Like, I think Million Dollar Listing LA is really going to pull it out. We've got some amazing personalities on this show. I We're going to get an introduction to Frederick being on the show, so that is obviously going to stir up a whole load of shit. Um, I think there will be enough to kind of talk about in the season rather than just like, oh, there's another, you know, big fuck you house, and <laughs> it looks great, and... I think, wow. the, I think the good thing is, and what I love about the LA version is I think both Josh Flagg, Altman, uh, and obviously Frederick are really performative reality TV casts. You know, it's not, yeah. they understand that they have to bring some game. And I think that bringing Freddie into that will be great. I think Tracy's great. She's lovely. I'd love to hang out and have dinner with her. I don't know how performative she is as a, as a cast member, but I, I'm not offended by her, I don't hate her. Um, and then James and... Um, David. David. I never know which one's which. They're like Ant and Deck for me. So I'm just going to call them James or David. That's whichever one they yeah. are. Um, David is the one that just had the baby. James has the older kids. That's how I keep it straight. And and when I had to look up their Instagram accounts for our polls this week. You just keep me on track with that. I'll do my best. But if I fuck it up, you know yeah, which one. So, I mean, basically, they yeah. look exactly the same. And they're just yeah. a bit wet. And I really, it really annoys me because they're British. 
and they're sweet and cute and actually annoyingly we do have an in with them so we could maybe get an interview so I'm probably not going to be right. too offensive but they are a bit wet yeah and I mean again like like we were talking about earlier it is the first episode and the first episode is always a little like gently gently people yeah. and here's a couple of these houses and this is what's going on with the market because really they recorded this during the Malibu fires so I'm sure we're going to get a lot from that um, we've got some different cast members coming in. There are previews of maybe some dust up between Tracy and David and James. So I think the personalities are going to carry the show. If it doesn't, we'll just drop it. It's no skin off yeah, my back. I mean, we've got, however, I, then we will just be talking about <laughs> below deck for a couple of weeks, which again is fine. Um, well, we'll give it a couple of weeks. Absolutely. We'll give it a couple yeah, of weeks till we get the, the housewives. housewives. Exactly. Till we get the housewives back. And then when we get them back, we can make a decision as to whether... Uh, MDLA. See, we have BDM, which sounds sexual, and now we have MDLA, which sounds like drugs. So basically... Well, and it's like... M- it's MDLLA. Oh, yeah, it is. So that doesn't sound <laughs> so like it's drugs like a weird anymore. drug. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Anyway. But uh, we can take a moment and talk about the house porn in this episode. Oh, yeah. And that Razor house was fucking incredible. Do you know what, though? I wouldn't want to live in it. I mean, it was incredible. No. But it's... You know some of those houses where it's... Even if I had... Yeah. If I, a gazillion pounds. I still wouldn't choose that house to live in. No, I would vacation in that house. I'd stay there for like a week or two. I wouldn't buy it though. No. I'd rent it no. for fun. Be a fancy Airbnb with like a full stack. But it's just not my vibe. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm happy to spend 30 million on a house, but I want something, you know, I like a bit of character. I like it to be a bit more yeah. romantic. That just felt like a lot of testosterone had gone into it. Oh, it, it was a dick on a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it was. <laughs> I mean, when you put it like that, it's exactly Look what it was. Look at me. I'm flopping it down. You, I mean, that's exactly what it is. You're right. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's how they should market it. That's exactly how they should market it. It's a dick on a cliff. It's a massive yeah. dick on a cliff. I mean, they'd have people like Pete with loads of money turning up to buy it. That's who's going to buy it. hundred percent. The um, unit, the situation, like any of the reality stars that refer to the self, themselves as the something. <laughs> perfect house for those people. Yeah. Knock yourself out. <laughs> fill your boots. Enjoy your time. Um, but it did look yeah. good. They've obviously got the listing. Whipped a quick five million off it. Imagine just being able to do that. Yeah. Just, uh, you know what? We, we could do without that five million. We'll be fine. Yeah. We'll be fine. I never, I never liked that five million anyway. Um, no. But the other house on house porn that talking about that I really loved and I really loved it was the Ellington house that Tracy was selling yeah. this week with the two guys who worked for like UNICEF and you know those people that make you feel like you've done absolutely nothing with your life and you're such an underachiever. Absolutely. Because, like, the guy had written a book about, like, surviving being a child soldier in Africa, and the woman was a human rights lawyer. I know. And they, like, go into these, I mean, it was just incredible. And had twin, had a home birth of twins in her, like, these people are amazing. Amazing. And the house was, now that's the house I bought. Honestly, I'd have 30 million pounds, and you said, do you want this razor house, or do you want to buy this one for just under two? Hands down, I'd buy the Ellington house every single time. Well, and I think it's really clever because I think like the houses are so opposite. Like one was an antidote to the other, right? Like you see just really fuck you. I have tons of fucking money. Here's my dick on a cliff. And then this like beautiful romantic family home in the hills that 
seemed fairly affordable for me for well, not for me yeah. but to me <laughs> yeah for what it was LA. totally yeah <laughs> Have you got a spare two mil that you can just drop in a house? Just sitting around. <laughs> um, no, it did. It looked lovely. And and I'm glad that Tracy got them the deal that they needed so they could go off to Senegal and save the fucking world. They are amazing human beings. Um, yeah. Other than that, I think we had... Oh, the other thing was that house on Curzon, the one that the guy had like spent a gazillion pounds on, which is basically oh, yeah, just he's one not getting long that back. house. He's not he's getting, not that, getting back. that back, is he? He's not getting three million. No, for that but house. I, I love that style of house. It's very American craftsman. Yeah. Like I love, love, love those houses. It was beautiful, but, but I, it was very small for three felt, million pounds. Yeah, there, there's no way he should get three million for that, in my opinion. Also, I was a little bit shocked at like the lack of research the guy did <laughs> in like doing it up in the because he was the in the preservation society, zone, wasn't he? It's like, dude, come on. And, and like, we're talking American historical society, so not even as hardcore as, like, the British historic society and, like, the listings. Like, that's a whole nother oh, that's bag a of bricks like. that we can't get into. Um, but, yeah, like, it just really shocked me. Like, made the fence too high. Like, all these little things. It's like, surely you could have looked that up. Yeah. I, like, surely there are rules. I agree. It can't have been that hard. But, um, but I have a question for you. Like, if you had to choose a Josh, which Josh would you choose? I'm pretty Josh Flag, hands down. I love Josh Flag. He's such a He's fucking weirdo. Lovely. He's like such a lovable and I fucking loved, weirdo. I loved his relationship with his grandmother. Yes. I loved that we got to see his reaction to his grandmother passing. And I love that he's like met the man of his dreams and they're like building this house. It makes me very happy for him. But I, I like him a little bit more. And I think because he's got like real heart and soul and like he grew up in LA so he's like LA well and he has a touch um, of the old school Hollywood about him as well right the way he dresses he's very um precise about his tastes he's very old school about what's stylish and what is it whereas Josh Altman I mean I I have to say I enjoy watching Josh Altman but he's flashy totally. as fuck right He's the dick on the cliff. He's the dick on the cliff. That's the, <laughs> that's the guy that buys that house. Josh Altman is the guy yeah. that buys that house. So, um, and, and also, the, what I love about Josh Flagg is that I'm pretty sure he was probably bullied senseless at school because... Oh, 100%. That's just... And now I'm like, you're showing them. And now you're like, king of the fucking world, knock yourself out. I love yeah. that about him. Well, and I like that he can, that he's also, he's very direct. He says what he means. He means what he says. He speaks very eloquently most of the time. And, but he's also funny, like standing up on that glass, like box. Yeah. He's like, oh, I can hold my weight. I'm farting like, in the car. There's a lightness. Yeah. There's a lightness to him too. Yeah. That is a nice counterbalance to all the proper kind of stuff he does. But yeah, Josh Flagg, a hundred percent is my Josh of choice. Good to know. Um, is there anything else that we need to discuss today? Um, not about the shows, but if you guys could please take a moment and rate and review us, because that is really kind of what gets us out there to other people. And we've got some pretty good growth, but we'd like to see more. So just tell us your thoughts. Get on iTunes, write, rate and review. The other channels, you don't really have that function. Or also just drop us a line and let us know what you think. Call us out if we're being wrong. Support us if you think we're being right. What we'll We'd do, like to hear I'll tell you, you what we'll do is, um, it's going to be 
24 hours or so until this episode's out. So what we'll do is I'll put the rate and review link in the bio on Instagram and do some pushing there as well, because it really does help us. And that's what really gets us out there. That's the most important thing. Um, So yes, that would be great. The other thing is, of course, we are still on Patreon. We're getting a few more slowly, slowly catch the monkey, but we would also (laughs) appreciate as much, um, as you can give if you like our podcast and you keep coming back to us every week and you can spare three quid or three dollars then please do so we promise to deliver and to make you happy little tv my husband haters absolutely it's when the hater when actually being a hater is good it's true we we make hating good um anyway (laughs) that aside listen um we hope that you have Another great week. Uh, we will be back next week with Below Deck Med and Million Dollar Listing LA. Um, if there are, I mean, listen, if there are any shows that you want us to do either a Minnesota on or yeah. if you know of a great reality TV show that we don't know about, let us know because we've got room in the uh, in the lineup, let's say. <laughs> we definitely have room in the schedule to add some more. So just give us your thoughts. It can be on Netflix. It can be pretty much anywhere. We'll be able to find it. So just let us know. So other than that, you guys have a great week. And remember, smart people watch reality TV too. Bye. Bye-bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates is by Jimmy Sims. Oh,